Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 55 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm here with my main man, Bill at Super Dupa Flex. Bill, how you doing, brother? Uh, doing well. How are you, brother? I'm, uh, I'm happy to have a few days off coming up, and, uh, you know, I guess that's about it. Happy to be here. Yeah, man, long, uh, long work week, but glad that there is a, a four-day weekend in my future. Uh, rest, relax, obviously. Thanksgiving tomorrow, we got some some games going on, one game getting rescheduled. We'll get into that uh, as we go through the news. But, um, but yeah, man, I'm excited about the, the turkey and the stuffing and the macaroni and cheese and the mashed potatoes and don't at me with the things you hate about Thanksgiving. Uh, honestly, I don't care. Like, you do your Thanksgiving the way you want to do it. I'm going to do my Thanksgiving the way I want to do it. And the way I do it is by eating everything that's served. So um, <laughs> on that note, uh, let, let's hit the news, man. So uh, Thursday night, Card Seahawks, the rare game, the rare Thursday night game that we actually want to watch. Um Here's my big takeaway from this. Uh, when does Chris Carson get back? Yes, uh, Carlos Hyde had 79 yards and a touchdown, but let's face it, man. I, I, I want I want Chris Carson to come back. That dude is uh, – He's. I feel like he's criminally underrated in a lot of people's minds. I get it. He has some injury history. He has – you know, he's gone through fumbling issues in the past, but he is a really good – running back that really doesn't get put into that really good running back talk. So uh, I don't know. What did you see in this game, Bill? It was just a fun game. You know, it's nice to see two two good teams that are playing at reasonably high levels um, go up against each other. It was just a fun, fun game to watch and um, tons of fantasy uh, relevant players. So um, it was nice to actually have a Thursday night game that was fun. Um, you know, in high scoring, because usually they're duds, right? So, I mean, that was nice. And, um, but yeah, for Chris Car- Carson, it's just, um, you know, he's always going to be underrated because he was a late round pick, and then they drafted somebody to replace him, and they weren't, you know, it never happened. And uh, it's just one of those things where everybody's always expecting him to not be around next year. So his value like in dynasty in particular is never going to be there because everybody has already seen that 
you know, Seattle kind of wanted to replace him. So, like, how can you trust him, you know, long term, unfortunately? Because um, you would think that they're going to keep looking for somebody that is capable of replacing him. Yeah, you're right. It's funny because that, you know, Rashad Penny was supposed to be the guy and he wasn't the guy. And, you know, and you get your, your CJ Procises and your Alex Collinses and your Carlos Hydes. And, you know, it always seems like they're trying to bring someone in there to knock him off. And he just always seems to be king of the hill. So, yeah. um, and, and here's some good news, Bill. Um, you know, talking about Thursday night games, we have two. Two games with heavyweights uh, going this this <laughs> uh-huh. Thanksgiving. Oh, we yeah. have uh, Lions Texans uh, starting our day off a, a clash of of perennial powerhouses, and then we move right into the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Football Team, which is another you know NFC East, maybe the best division in football right now. Uh, going I'm going to use a... <laughs> I'm going to use this term loosely. Yes, but the Lions are going to be the best team that plays tomorrow with four wins. And, and pe- people who are listening to us on a podcast know we did not freeze. We're just sitting there really reflecting on the fact that uh, the Lions are the best team record wise that is going to play on Thanksgiving. You know, fortunately, it is Thanksgiving and we just don't we really don't care Who's playing? We're going to watch it. But that's wow. uh, two bad games, right? Like, that's just bad. I, like, but honestly, I'm really excited to see the Texans, like, just destroy the Lions tomorrow. Like, I I just want to see Watson, you know, do his thing. So it'll, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, and, you know, un- unfortunately, the game that probably everybody was getting geared up to see the Steelers and the Ravens is getting moved due to COVID protocol and everybody and their mother on the Steelers is complaining about the game getting moved to Sunday. They've been, you know, the the 10-0 team has been, you know, disrespected by the NFL and has been dealt a bad hand. You mm. know what? Like, I'm sorry. Like, this isn't even like, you know, this happens at my job all the time. Like, yes, NFL players, they don't have a job like an, any normal person does. But, like, this is just a fact of life. Sometimes you have things planned and they get moved. Like, it's just a human thing. It's not even a, like, NFL player thing or, you know, a regular guy watching on the couch thing. It's just, look, this stuff happens sometimes. You got to, you know, you got to adapt. And, you know, if uh, I, it would be curious if they do lose to the Ravens, if this will be the excuse that, you know, they were all geared up to play on Thursday and, uh, they they had to move it to Sunday and they're you know whatever, but I I was just laughing kind of at the fact that everyone from the Steelers it looks like was uh, complaining on Twitter today about the fact that not only was their buy uh, moved uh, earlier in the season, but then you know now they're getting another game moved and they're saying other teams aren't you know. Why, you know, taking care of themselves and they're being punished for it. I mean, at the end of the day, is it annoying? Yeah, but would you rather just have the Ravens and the 45 guys on their team that have COVID just come out there and, you know, they're landing on top of you, they're sweating on top of you, they're, they're you know, breathing on top of you. I mean, 
I understand being a little miffed about it, but I would rather have a game moved a few days and maybe uh, lessen my chance of giving, getting the COVID than uh, just playing on a Thursday because it's what was on the schedule. But that's why I'm not an NFL player. So uh, we'll move on. Uh, Eagles-Browns. Dude, I, I, everyone was saying, listen, the weather was bad, you know, you know, Carson Wentz didn't have a good game because the weather was bad. Travis Fulgham didn't have a good game because the weather was bad. But you know who had a good game? Nick freaking Chubb. 114 rushing yards. He's so good. And he's somebody that I feel like should be in that top five running back conversation. And he, he was injured. He missed some weeks. I get that. And I feel like he's a guy that's kind of always left out because obviously you're going to bring up CMC, Saquon, Dalvin Cook, uh, Zeke, you know. And Nick Chubb kind of gets pushed to the to the back of the line, but he's really good and he's proving it. You know, a lot of people were talking about, you know, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is going to take from him. But those guys, I mean, I think they work better together, actually, than they do when they're apart. So uh, they're not really taking away. They're actually enhancing each other in a very strange way. But um, I don't, I don't know if you saw anything else or – yeah, I mean, Wentz is making some really bad passes. I mean, it's just like every week it's like – I mean, but we're seeing that from a lot of quarterbacks this year. It's just – it's really weird. And that might have been no training camp. I don't know. Or you're just not getting the timing with your uh, receivers. You know, it could just be something like that. Um, but offense is up this year because the the defenses don't – you know, like right. it's just like when there was the strike year or the lockout year or whatever, the defenses just were terrible that year. And that's exactly what's happening this year. So that doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, but, yeah, as for Chubb, like, I mean, he's – the issue with him is his ceiling is lower. So for fantasy, he's not going to be considered top five because of Hunt. But they do make each other more efficient because, you know, they, they don't play nearly as much as some of those bell cows. So they're always fresh. And, you know, it's just uh, like it almost like – they're symbiotic in that way, you know what I mean? Where it's just it helps them. Um, yeah, as for anything else in that game, there really wasn't much that was exciting. No, there really wasn't. I mean, that that he was the one person I, I you know, obviously I live in the uh, the Philly market, so I did see that game. He was the only person that really did anything that you saw that you were like, oh wow, that's actually you know pretty good. I mean, everyone has seen the Carson Wentz pick six and. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a pass on that because he was getting straight up drilled as he was throwing that ball. And I mean, let's face it, any quarterback gets drilled while throwing a ball, there's you know a potential of a pick. And it just so happened that the linebacker was right where the ball ended up, and there was no one in sight. It was looked like it was a a running back screen to Sanders, and he got popped and. Uh, Sayone Takitaki, the best, probably the best last name in all of professional sports, uh, takes it to the house for a pick six. So, yeah, uh, Wentz is struggling, but, you know, hopefully for uh, Eagles Nation, he can maybe get some things back on track. One thing about that is, like, you're in Philly area, so is there really talk of him getting pulled? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That I mean, surprises me a little bit. The um, the fan base wants it to happen, 
And while the coaching staff is steadfastly saying that they, that Wentz is the guy, he's going to be the starter. Even after that game, Doug Peterson said there was no reason to pull him. Uh, you know, that's that. But I want to bring this up since it came through. Uh, Lindsey Kennedy on YouTube going with uh, Clinton Dix also. Yeah, actually, it's a great first name, last name combo. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. I mean, you could go a lot of different ways with that and, and mix up the, the first, the middle, and the, or the first and the hyphenated last name um, and make it what you want. But yeah, that's, that's also a good one. Uh, if you know, and if you know, say on a Taki Taki and Ha Clinton Dix ever. Uh, Ever had a kid that you know talky talky dicks? I mean, that might be that might be a good hyphenation too. So oh, yeah, uh, just a quick story, um, and it's not at all to do with football. But there is uh, two um, streets by where I live, and one is called Champagne, and the other one is Dix D I X, like um, mm. Clinton Dix. Yeah. And there's a woman I know, and she said she grew up on Champagne and Dix. Listen. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. To, I, I'm, I don't judge people for the lives they live. So, you know, if you're living on champagne and dicks, I'm with you, man. I, I hope you're living your best life. So, uh, man, where do we go from there? All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the next game here. Uh, Falcon Saints. Um, I, I think Taysom Hill played okay, and we're going to talk about him later on and Things that we saw on the timeline, uh, 284 total yards, two touchdowns. Uh, they were both rushing touchdowns. He didn't uh, He didn't have a passing touchdown. But um, this, was, this was a big debate. You know, the whole ESPN thing, everybody knows about it. Uh, we will talk about it a little bit later. You, you don't know about it, Bill? You, you don't know about it? I don't know about it. Are you kidding me right now? Please tell me what it is, then maybe I will have no. I, I think you know about it, and maybe you're just not understanding the ESPN Taysom Hill controversy now. All right, so week 11 starts, and I guess all year on ESPN, I have not played in any leagues on ESPN this year. So oh, I'm, the the tight end thing. The tight end. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then once he got named the starting quarterback, ESPN held fast to the fact that they were going to leave him as a tight end and then reassess at the beginning of week 12. I mean, I, I gave, I, I actually tweeted about this on Sunday morning because I was watching the, uh, the ESPN fantasy show. Um, and Matthew Barry, he, he gave a very eloquent explanation about why they're doing this and, and so on and so forth. And I actually tweeted that, I respect the fact that he's the guy kind of as the face of ESPN fantasy, but probably not really the guy who's like making the decisions when it comes to like, should Taysom Hill be a tight end or a quarterback that he kind of went in front of everybody and had to take the bullets for, you know, whoever runs ESPN fantasy making that decision because their thing is like, well, he was a tight end all year and, you know, we don't we don't change players uh, we don't change players position midweek and it's like but he's a quarterback now yeah, like yeah it wasn't even like 
Sean Payton came out and said, oh, he's going to play 10 snaps at quarterback. They were like, he is the starter. And then they came out and said, Jameis Winston will not come into the game barring an injury. Like, they were very steadfast on Taysom Hill was going to be the starter for better or for worse. Well, and just, like, I mean, the fact that he's a quarterback. Taysom Hill is designated as a quarterback for the team. Right? He's not designated as a tight end. Um, that is a that is a good question because uh, let- I, that's my guess, and and so ESPN for just taking that luxury to make him a tight end in the first place is probably I- inaccurate. And let's not run down this at rabbit hole, but you know it's mm-hmm. um you you cleared it up for me, and then they come back and then they switch switch it for this week, and they made him a quarterback. Right, and. and- so yes, I'm I'm looking. They do now. Obviously, they have him de- designated as a quarterback because he is a quarterback now. So I don't know about last week if he was you know listed as a tight end. But anyway, um, besides all that, um, I did you know. And now the big controversy, and we'll talk about this in a little bit too, is that if you had him in your tight end spot, you can keep him in your tight end spot, but you can't make any other moves. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, like you can pretty much play this lineup until someone in your lineup either gets injured or has a bye and you need to replace them. But if your team, if you don't have any Bucks or Panthers on your team, you've run through the buys. You're set. Your team, you know, barring injury, obviously, your team is your team. So it's kind of like you could, in theory, run this two quarterback in a one quarterback league for the rest of the season. And you know, someone is going to win a championship doing this. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be pitchforks and torches, but we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So we don't want to get too deep into it now. So we're going to move on to the, uh, to the football team against the Bengals. Look, and we, we talked about this guy a couple weeks ago and I, and I said, I personally said, you know, I am not buying the hype, so to speak. But Antonio Gibson, man, 104 total yards and a touchdown. Um, It's weird because last week it was uh, J.D. McKissick getting all the targets. and It's like, you know, they also threw it a lot less in this game. I think they only had like 25 passing attempts, which the week before they had like 50. So I guess, you know, I guess in higher volume games where Alex Smith is going to throw more, I guess you're going to see more J.D. McKissick. And in games where the passing volume is a little bit lower, you're going to see more of that Antonio Gibson. But I'm, I'm going to give him credit. I mean, I'm not here to I'm not going to dump on the guy after he has a game where he goes for over 100 and a touchdown. Um, obviously, I'm bearing the lead here because this is very sad to talk about. Everyone probably knows Joe Burrow, ACL, MCL, anything that ends in a CL is tore up. I mean, I mean, everybody's talked about it. It's criminal that the Bengals did not put some semblance of an offensive line in front of them. Uh, it finally caught up to them in week 11. He is out for probably a year. So it's not even like, hey, you know, we're going to come back in 2021 and start with Joe Burrow. I mean, um, this is probably you're not seeing Joe Burrow to 
the end of 2021. You know what I mean? And that that really sucks because I mean he was balling out, man. I and mean, people people were paying up for T. Higgins because of the connection that he and Joe Burrow had. And now, you know, we thought it was going to be Ryan Finley. Now it's some other guy. I'm blanking on the name right now, which is funny because, of course, they announced this on Thursday after waiver or on Wednesday after waivers have run. And I, I, I picked up Ryan Brandon Finley. Allen. Brandon Allen, that's right. Um, I picked up Ryan Finley in a couple leagues. So that was that was fab well spent. But um, you know, is there is there anything obviously besides the Burrow heartbreak and the Gibson breakout that uh, you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, with Cincinnati, I would be really worried about potentially playing T. Higgins. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not too worried about Boyd going forward, but um, T. Higgins, I'm a little bit more worried about. Um, you know, Boyd being in the slot, you know, usually that's a little bit more of a comfortable throw for a quarterback. Um, so, um. Uh, I would probably sit T. Higgins this week if you have anybody that's even in the same range as him. Um, and that sucked. Yeah, I mean, Burrow, I mean, he might be worth buying right now if you're in, like, a two-year plan or something, you know, to make, especially in Superflex, to, you know, make a move for maybe there's somebody who's competing or contending and needs needs a quarterback and you might be able to make a decent move for, um, you know, the long-term. Um as for Washington, I mean, it's going to be hit or miss a little bit. You know, McLaurin still does well regardless. Um, he's the only guy that I'm happy playing going forward. And Gibson, of course. And I actually just traded for uh, J.D. McKissick in a league where I was starting two guys that probably no, none of us had ever heard of. So J.D. McKissick is now a starting running back for one of my teams that's 8-3. and three. <laughs> Yeah, hey, listen, I have a ten in one team that I've been trying to uh trying to add JD McKissick to. But um so I I want to bring up two points and you actually brought up a good point about Burrow. Um I think something I wanna do on my contending teams is if Burrow is on a team that was, you know, had a top four pick maybe, if he's still on that team during the draft. I'm almost wondering if I want to try to, and I know not everyone is going to, you know, is going to buy it, but if I have like 110, 111, see if that rebuilding team wants to get another first for Joe Burrow, knowing that I am a contender and knowing that I'm, I'm probably stashing the guy for a year, but, you know, obviously you have to believe in the, the talent to do you're that. saying do this during the draft during the draft okay if i he, think if, i think you're less likely to get something like that done then just because i think you need to make that move right now when a team's worried about their quarterback you mm-hmm. know because they just lost them because if you've already weathered the playoffs without him you know you're less apt to make that move i mean at least i am so, because I'm like, okay, well, he is coming back this year. I anticipate him coming back, you know, unless we hear some news where, you know, there was some, you know, Washington, you know, doctors working on him or something. And, like, I, I just think that that move has to be made this year, I think, to get that that extra value. 
personally. Well, I, and I think that's why I prefaced it by saying if he's still on a, you know, a team that had a top four pick, you know, a team that's rebuilding, they may, they may not want to weather that storm. They may, another first round pick may be enticing to them. And it's all dependent, you know, you sure. never know. Every league is different, but, mm-hmm. um, this is another thing I want to bring up, though, because this is a guy I've been trying to get with little to no luck, and that is T. Higgins. If if they co- if he comes out and he's two for twenty two, let's say, um, I think he's a guy I'm trying to buy. Like, yeah, I understand that. Like with Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley, and you know whatever else, you know they they dig up at quarterback for the rest of this year and probably to start probably the first month or two of next year too. You know, it's not going to be good, but knowing that once Burrow gets back, man, that guy is, he's a stud. He is a stone cold stud. You know, our, our, our main man, uh, Dynasty Outhouse, you know, he's all, you know, hashtag, uh, is a big Clemson wide receiver. And I, I was unsure about him going into draft season. But I'm sure now. <laughs> yeah, I, hard to I, not be right. I am sure now. You know, I didn't. I didn't say you know he sucked, and I didn't say he was going to be you know a stud. But golly, he is. He is good. <laughs> he is very good. So he might be a guy. You know, maybe maybe this week doesn't do it because the T Higgins owner has eleven weeks of seeing what he can do, but maybe three, four not so great games maybe that's when you can slide in i know a lot of people were saying that it would take probably a mid first to get t higgins off your hands this is maybe after three or four games that don't go well maybe it's a late first now it all depends t higgins could also ball out with these bums and it doesn't matter you ain't getting them again anyway but it might be something to uh keep an eye on yeah and I'd, I'd pay uh a first and second for him if that was necessary you know, you like go. if you're talking about a late first and somebody that's not quite going to make it happen and you, you're you a playoff team, i do a first and second for him, even if he struggles the next three weeks. Yeah, I get your guy, right? Uh, all right, Lions-Panthers. DJ Moore goes seven receptions, 127 yards. Curtis Samuel, uh, eight receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh Blank the Detroit Lions with Philip Walker, as I saw on the uh, the bottom scroll, which I was like, Philip, I didn't know he changed his name to Philip. Uh, it was old PJ in the XFL, but now he's in the NFL. He's fancy, Philip. So, fancy. Um, yeah, you fancy now. So, what? Uh, anything else you saw from those games? Those two guys blew up. Nope. Not nah, sounds good. Steelers, Jags. Uh, listen, I don't even know how many more nice things I could say about Deontay Johnson. 12 receptions, 111 yards. That boy, good. We've been talking about him since November of last year. Okay, people? We were here. Everybody says, oh, I love Deontay. I love... No, we love Deontay for a long-ass time. All right? So anybody who talks about their Deontay love and how long they loved him for probably didn't love him. For as long as we did. That's all I want to say about that. Um, anything else from that game? Nope. Good team beat bad team. That yeah, that usually happens that way. Uh, 
Titans Ravens though. King Henry, man. Derrick Henry holds court in Baltimore, 133 rushing yards and a touchdown. He's good too. Yeah, he is good. And he's also very big and very fast and very capable of wearing a defense down. I mean, it was just crazy like how the Ravens kind of looked like they had everything under control into the third quarter. And then you just started seeing guys get start struggling, tackling Derrick Henry. And then, yeah. and then in the fourth quarter, he does what he does. I mean, it's just, it's like, you can write the story beforehand and it's, this is what's going to happen. You know, he's not going to look great the first half. Then the third quarter, he's going to start looking okay. And then the fourth quarter, he's going to dominate. And then, you know, by the time he got to overtime, these guys are like, bump this. I can't even tackle this fool anymore. And then he it's just. A, it's like having kids. Like you walk into a restaurant with your kid and your kid's smiling and your kid's happy and everyone's looking around. Oh my God, what a well-behaved kid. You put them in, you put them in the high chair. They come take your order. The kid smiles at the waitress. Oh man, what a nice kid. Then like the food is like, Five minutes away from being done. That kid is throwing Cheerios. He is colored all over the table in a crayon. The iPad is not doing it. And you're like, what the hell just happened? This kid walked in the door. He was so nice. And now all of a sudden he is awful. And that's Derrick Henry. And it's funny because you you were saying Derrick Henry can wear down a defense. I actually thought you were going to say Derrick Henry can wear a defense because he's just so massive. That yeah, he that can too. just put put on defenders like clothing and wear them, which I I mean we've actually seen him do that before. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I always remember the picture of him next to Deion Lewis, and oh yeah, that's funny. It, it literally looked like a dad who was taking his kid to work, and these were two grown ass adults that were. NFL players <laughs> and one looked like an adult and the other one looked like a child standing next to each other. That, uh, that picture I, I will uh, never forget. But uh, let's go on to uh, Pat's Texans here. Patriots and the Texans. Deshaun Watson, 380 total yards, three total touchdowns, slays the Pats. And, you know, I'm happy for the Texans because the uh, – <laughs> the Dolphins own their first round pick and their second round pick. And uh, it was it was getting a little depressing when it was in the top three. And you're like, God, this team is terrible. <laughs> and they don't have a first round pick. Yeah. And they don't have a second round pick. And they and don't have Hopkins. Like, and they don't have Hopkins. Oh, God, why? Um, but hey, they got Laramie Tunsil. Uh, I mean, hurt. it's better than nothing. No, I'm pretty sure nothing would be better would be better if they could get all those picks back. <laughs> but uh, is there anything else from this game that uh, that caught your eye? I don't think so. I mean, it was it's just, uh, you know, the offense for New England is just rough. And, you know, I, I just don't know. Like, they've just lost um, Burkhead, who was really the mm -hmm. most productive running back. So, I mean, I guess – Maybe, but then they bring Sony back. So it's like, what the heck's going on? I don't even know like where to even start with that backfield still. You know, you'd think it would clear up after losing a guy, but nope, it doesn't. So still a mess over there. And um, I think uh, Cobb's out this week. 
with COVID. Um, for, yeah. So be careful in your lineups for that. Uh, Cobb and um, what's the other wide receiver? Um, anyway, I don't. It doesn't matter. Played for Miami for a little bit. Um, for Miami for a little bit. Um, oh, Kenny Stills. Stills, yes. Thank you. Kenny so, Bills. So QT might be a thing. Yeah, he might be a thing. Um, yeah, actually, Randall Cobb got put on the uh, on the IR. Oh, okay. Uh, looks, looks like they're saying a toe injury here, and oh, Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills isn't traveling with the team. Uh, looks like a quadriceps injury. So if you're in some super deep leagues and, and Cobb and Stills were guys that you are, um, you are, <laughs> we're going with, then uh, you gotta, you gotta go somewhere else. So uh, Larry monkey uh, co-host of the dynasty hot sauce podcast, uh, dynasty outlook, God winner, God. And I'll, I'll preface this by saying uh, Larry had a, birthday bash uh on monday a four-hour extravaganza uh (laughs) everybody was on from little old me to guys like scott fish ryan mcdowell uh samantha praveet uh faith uh i'm missing people and i'm sorry uh but there was a lot of cool people on and i don't remember who brought this up there was a conversation about godwin and where do you rank him? And is he still good? Is he not good there? You know, a fight broke out over that. And someone brought up the question, Godwin or God. So, uh, Bill, I'm gonna go with you first. Um, is it Godwin or is it God? Hmm. I think Godwin's probably the better wide receiver. Um, so I'm going to go with Godwin. I don't know, man. I mean, God Godwin is uh, he's elite. I'm, like I'm not gonna lie. Win. But I mean, we're talking about God here. I mean, the the guy is he's a natural athlete. He he does all of his best work in sandals. So could you imagine putting a pair of cleats on him? Um, it would all go to hell. That's a good point. All right. You convinced me I was going to go with God. But now I'm going with God win. So, okay. Larry, Thanks, Larry, you got two, you got two God wins. Um, but you know what? If you have God, I think you can get some picks for him. I think you can get a nice little package. Um, Trade him to and, Houston. And, oh, man. They need them. That's for <laughs> they need they need all the Not help tomorrow. they can get. Not to, now watch. You say that, and you know the Lions are going to come out there and shock yeah, the they world. They probably will. They probably will. <laughs> and win that game. Yeah. Because you want Matt Patricia gone so bad, so you know this game is a W for the Lions just just to spite you. Yep. Um. All right. Let Let's look it up. Dolphins. Broncos. Uh. Denver rides Melvin Gordon, 84 yards, two touchdowns to what I think is an upset of the Miami Dolphins. They're playing well. That team is looking good. Um, and they really, they, it was an upset. And Tua did not look great. And, you know, Brian Fitzpatrick came in at the end of that game. And then uh, Coach Flores said at the end of it, uh, you know, that 
there's no controversy. Like Tua's the guy. It'll be interesting to see how Tua reacts because uh, once he came in at Alabama, he did not uh, he did not ever come off the field again unless he was injured. So uh, I'm very curious to see how he'll react. I think he'll react well, but it's always interesting to see. Uh, anything else you uh, you saw from that one? No, nah, I mean it was just like like a rookie quarterback, you know against a really good defensive coach. And it's just one of those things that, you know, rookies are going to get confused here and there. And I think that's just what happened. And, you know, you throw the vet in just because he, the speed's a little bit uh, slower for him. And, you know, I'm not worried about Tua because of that. I, I don't think that that's even any, like a conversation piece, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about it, but it's nothing yeah. to worry about. And, um, so not worried there. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about the other side. Um, nothing really Sounds good. caught my eye. <laughs> we can move, we can move on. Uh, Cowboys Vikings. Uh, now is Zeke back 103 rushing yards? Uh, is he back? Is it maybe the Cowboys reshuffled the offensive line? Andy Dalton was behind center. Uh, does this give you a uh, maybe a renewed interest in starting Zeke if you have Zeke or uh, maybe trying to acquire Zeke on the back end? Uh, Dallas, I think, actually has a pretty tough remaining schedule. So I, I don't know if I would be in the acquisitions business for Zeke, but uh, what about you? Is Zeke back? I mean, I don't think he was ever gone, to be honest with you. I think it was just okay. a bad situation. Like, I mean, when you have a quarterback that you know can't throw the ball, I mean, what's the defense going to do? You're going to move closer to the line of scrimmage, and you're going to stop their elite running back. And that's what happened. And now that you have a quarterback that at least the defenses have to respect as an NFL starter – you know, it opens things up a little bit for him. And I, like you said, I mean, I wasn't aware of that because I don't pay attention to the Cowboys as much. But, you know, they, they did some things with their line. Um, so maybe that also helped. Uh, but I think that just putting Dalton back there changes the whole dynamic of the offense. Um, so, you know, I I was starting Zeke regardless um, because I still believe that he is, you know, even if you don't want to say top five, I mean, which I know you would say top five, but, you know, even if somebody doesn't quite feel that way anymore, he's still a, like a must start in my opinion. I don't think he's a guy that you ever sit. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry to the people. I lied about uh, the Cowboys schedule. Uh, obviously, tomorrow they have Washington, which, I mean, their defensive line is good. They do stop the run, so that is tougher than the name implies. Then they follow that up with the Ravens, uh, which is a good defensive team. And if they get beaten by the Steelers, they may be coming into that game pissed off. But then it's the Bengals, the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Giants. So the last four there aren't really uh, not not uh, not world beaters for that last four. So, uh, all right, let's move on here. Jets, Chargers. Herbert finally wins one, uh, massive performance, 366 passing yards, three touchdowns, pretty much just doing what Justin Herbert's been doing all season for the most part, 
So, um, yeah, anything else from there? The Jets, I think that we're actually trying to win that game in, in the first half. It was weird. and Flacco looked actually okay in the game, um, minus that pick six to start the game. Right. Um, but he looks like a, actually an adequate backup. Um, yeah, Herbert, every week, I mean, there's not one time when we're like, well, he's a rookie, he struggled with this. Like, it's just not happened. We haven't had to say no. that one time. And and so, I mean, I, I listened to uh, Trade Addicts today, and Har said that he's his dynasty QB2. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... Yeah, I, I, that might be a little ambitious for me at the moment, but Har's been kind of at the front of this Herbert thing for a while, and so I get it. You know, it's his guy, and he, you know, he kind of equated him to Mahomes a little bit earlier in the year, and before, you know, when everybody's like, yeah, maybe you need to cool your jets a little bit, but I mean, he's making these deep throws that are just like spot on, or given at least giving the receivers the opportunity to make these catches, and I mean. I forget what pot it was I was listening to earlier today, and they were talking about, like, imagine when Eckler comes back. It's not like they've been utilizing their running backs in the passing game. And so once Eckler comes back, you know, he's going to start dumping it off to his running back. Like, it, I, I'm curious to see, like, where his, like, um, air yards per attempt is before and after Eckler. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that'll be interesting. So he's probably going to be drop. It's probably going to be dropping a bit. And that's only going to help him. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But, I mean, he might even get better soon. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about that. That's insane to think about Eckler coming back. And um, while you can make an argument for a lot of other quarterbacks at QB2, you can really start to make an argument for Justin Herbert now. I mean, yeah. and a good argument, not even in, not even pulling things from deep in left field. I mean, you can yeah. pull some real things. And I'm not saying I'm not saying he needs to be everyone's QB two, but yeah. I'm saying that he is in that conversation with guys like you know Deshaun Watson and and, and Dak Prescott and, and quarterbacks of that ilk, just yeah. because he's like you said, he has not played like a rookie this season and it's it's amazing yeah and and har also brought up that like you know he understands you know even last year baker mayfield was the number two guy and or you know whatever year that was and and, you know people get excited for these rookies and so sometimes defenses figure out their weaknesses Mm -hmm. and so the second year these guys kind of struggle so there is that potential and and that's you know something at least you know, maybe be aware that that could happen. Uh, but if there's a good quarterback, he's going to end up being able to adjust beyond that. And if you're playing dynasty, it doesn't matter if, if he struggles a bit next year. Uh, and what I'll say is I, I think the difference between the two is the situation. What I mean by that is we hyped up Baker Mayfield because he'd gotten o- Odell Beckham Jr. Jarvis Landry was there. Nick Chubb was on the ascent. You know, it was like, oh, my God, there's weapons everywhere. You know, we were talking about uh, uh, David Njoku. Yep, I agree. Should be blowing up. When we look at Justin Herbert, I agree. Teams are going to watch film, and teams are going to find the flaws. I think the difference is, though, we're not projecting his weapons. 
No. His weapons are what they are. Like Keenan yeah. Allen is one of the best wide receivers in the game. Yeah. Mike Williams is, is that deep ball guy, that 50-50 guy. You know, Austin Eckler is a stone-cold stud. Hunter Henry, when he's healthy, is a very good tight end. Like, we don't need to really go, oh, well, now Odell Beckham is in the system, and now, you know, they got this guy and that guy. You know, the guys that are there are pretty much going to be the guys that are there next year. So it's almost like, man, it's just one more year of all of them growing together. But I do agree. Defensive coordinators are going to find some weaknesses, and they're going to try to exploit them. And, you know, we'll see in year two if if Justin Herbert can – go on the Mahomes track where we kind of thought this about Mahomes and yes, the numbers went down. He did not throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, (laughs) but, but he was still elite and um, continues to be. And let's just like do the eye test, right? Like, I mean, Baker, he can't make those throws. He, he's not somebody that you go, he made elite throws as a rookie. Like there was no elite throws. He he hit the wide open guys, and that that's different. And so just being able to hit those deep passes and throw it accurately beyond fifteen yards, that's a huge difference between these two guys. And yeah. so he's already got that going for him. You know, just because I like to take any opportunity to thrash Baker that I can. I know, I know you do, and I'll, I'm here for it. Um, so Colts Packers. Is JT back, man? Is Jonathan Taylor back? Uh, 22 attempts for 90 yards. I mean, are we, you know, are we are we calling him RB1 after this? Obviously not. But I'm hoping this is the start of a trend where Jonathan Taylor gets uh, a lot of carries, is able to, kind of what we talked about with Nick Chubb, or I'm sorry, with Derrick Henry, where he can get in there and he can wear down a defense and he can get in there and at the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter and really start inflicting damage on a team. I'm hoping. I don't I think I'm saying I'm hoping because I don't believe it'll happen. Frank Reich, and listen, for all the people that complain about Frank Wright isn't giving JT all the touches and isn't doing that and isn't doing this, that team is winning games. What he is doing is correct. He does not care about your fantasy team. What he is doing is correct. Whether it's, hey, this is going to be the Naheem Hines game, and he's going to, which was what it was last week, or it's the Jordan Wilkins game, which I think it was the week before that. I mean, he's literally riding the hot hand. As soon as someone kind of shows that they're the guy this week, that's going to be who the guy is. And unfortunately, we're not going to know that before the game starts. And I think he's going to continue like that throughout the year. But it was encouraging that Jonathan Taylor did get 22 rushing attempts in this game and was able to um, to kind of show that he can get that workload and do something with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not too worried about him yet. I mean, it's just it's a rookie. You know what I mean? We see this all the yeah. time with rookies. Yep. And so, like, I'm not worried about it. I think next year we're going to see him be in the uh, no-question RB1 you know, and I think he's going to be taking that next step and just being comfortable. And I'm okay. Like I'm adding him if I can. You know, I, during like this point or the off season. I think his dynasty players are minds have been blown in 2020 because 
the adage is rookie running backs can come into the league and just go. They they don't need all this time to develop and do all this stuff. Wide receivers are the ones that need a year or two or three to develop, or if you're Devontae Parker or Corey Davis, four years to develop. And this year, it's been turned on its head because we have CeeDee Lamb, we have Justin Jefferson, we have T. Higgins, who we talked about. Brandon Ayuk looks good. You know, all these rookie wide receivers are coming in and they're blowing up. And these rookie running backs, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jonathan Taylor, uh, DeAndre Swift looked like he was actually on the, uh, looked like he had finally found his stride before uh, missing last week. But all of those guys were kind of struggling, trying to find their footing, do this and that. And James Robinson, the undrafted free agent, is the one who came out and just went with it. Yeah. So I think this year, I think everything got turned on its head because we have always said, you know, it's the running backs that just hit the ground running, literally. And the wide receivers need more time to develop. And I think that's what has thrown everyone for a loop, especially when we talk about the Jonathan Taylor. Like, you know, do we trade Jonathan Taylor, you know, because he's not doing it, you know. People were taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire 105, you know, in startups after – in Superflex startups, you know. Yeah, that happened in mine. He was, he was going 101 in some 1QB startups. So, you know, that I think that's what's really kind of messed people up. And we have to realize that sometimes, you know, rookies, no matter what the position is, they just need a little bit of time. And, you know, these guys didn't have the normal – off-season program that they would have had in any other year. So now, you know, that even threw people off more because we definitely expected all these wide receivers to struggle. <laughs> and they're blowing up. And, you know, I'm curious now if teams will not bring uh, wide re- their rookie wide receivers in <laughs> for off-season training until right. training camp because it, it seems to have worked, you know. But, I mean, obviously we're talking about a special class of wide receiver that came in, so – and we were saying that even before they went where they went. So, uh, all right, let's hit it. We only got two more games. Chiefs Raiders. I think Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill may be the best skill combo in the league. A tight end wide receiver. I mean, Kelsey goes for 127 yards and a touchdown. Tyree Kill, 102 yards and a touchdown. That team, that just team is good. They're good everywhere. <laughs> They're so good. I mean. Uh, I don't know if you saw anything, but they're so good. No, nah, I mean, it was pretty cool to see Vegas, you know, stick with them, you know, beat them and stick with them. So it's kind of cool yeah. to see the progress for that offense and that team as a whole. You know, they're giving them a run for their money, and they're really the only team that's really done that. So uh, it looks like they're going to be the team that's going to be battling with Mahomes, you know, in the future. Um, yeah. Until, like, you know, maybe the Chargers get that defense shored up and, you know, a little bit. But, I mean, that was kind of cool. And, yeah, I mean, there's just – I don't even know what to say about Kansas City. I mean, it's just – like, it doesn't – like, Mahomes just makes everybody so good. And then to already have, like, really talented players on top of that, it's, like, almost unfair. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Being in Philly, I saw Andy Reid get run out of here and he went to Kansas city and literally was able to kind of build the team in his own image. And that team is very good. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to move on to the Monday night game. 
uh, the Rams and the Buccaneers and Jared Goff, you know, and I, we are actually going to talk about Jared Goff in a little bit, but he's, he's playing well, 376 passing yards, three touchdowns. I mean, yes, Jared Goff has his, his highs and his lows, but his highs are very high. I mean, the, you know, the coaching staff there, they set up an offense that highlights what he does well and tries to hide what he does poorly, which sounds like every coaching staff should do that, but they don't. <laughs> so it's good to see a coaching staff that uh, accomplishes that goal. Uh, Bill, anything else from this game that you saw? Man, Brady just looked really, really bad. Um <sighs> It looked like he wasn't even in the game. like, And he was so frustrated because he threw the ball three times to Fournette and they just the ball just popped right out of his hands. And that third drop, man, you could just see Brady fuming. And, like, I could see steam. Like, you know, <laughs> it was like ghost steam, but I could see it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, he was just so pissed. So I, I think that we're going to see something happen with the running backs. Um but I don't know what you can really do at this point, right? You got who you got, and, I mean, nobody's – you can't put McCoy in because he's just not dynamic enough, like, anymore. You know, he just doesn't have that agility. So it's like you got bad pass catchers or bad running backs. So it's like what do you what do? You do? You know what the player is going to do when you bring that running back in. Like if you're a bad catcher, he's going to run the ball, you know, or vice versa. So uh, it's – I don't know what's going to happen to this team. I mean, they're so talented, but I think once they hit the playoffs, it's just going to be like, you know, it's going to be a struggle for them. Yeah, and the difference between Tom Brady in New England and Tom Brady in Tampa, besides obviously age, which is, you know, you know, father time is undefeated, but it's not even so much an age thing because he, he can throw well if he's not getting pressured and yes, you could say that about every quarterback, but in new England, they didn't always have the most talented offensive line, but they made sure that they did things with that line to protect Brady, whether it was stunts or realignments or, or whatever the case may be. And it looks like Bruce, you know, Bruce Arians has his system and it doesn't really call for, trying to configure the offensive line to protect yeah. Brady and well and they also had James White, right? Like which is a great well, safety valve for a quarterback. Well, and that and that was going to be my next point. Not only did they have James White, but they had Rex Burkhead. And, you know, they had guys who had very sure hands where if they were out on the field, can both those guys run the ball? Yes, they can. But that's not that's not their main focus. That's not what they're out there to do. They're out there to make sure that, hey, listen, Aaron Donald comes up the middle and he he just, you know, smacks an offensive lineman out of the way. Whoop, there's James White. There's Rex Burkhead. And they're catching it and they can scamper for five to seven yards and just make sure that, A, Tom Brady doesn't get hit, but, B, they can keep the, the chains moving and they can keep drives going. And, you know, I, I'm actually kind of shocked that the, the Buccaneers didn't, get one of those type of guys either through free agency or through the draft because I mean, listen, Rojo, he can be good on occasion. Leonard Fournette can be good on occasion. 
but those guys aren't known for their pass catching chops, as they would say. And I'm I'm shocked that you know, actually, a guy that they did have that they cut, uh, Dare Agumbawale, was kind of that guy last year, where it was like, all right, like Jameis is getting you know three guys thrown at him. All right, dump it to Dare for three to five yards, and let's like not take a sack. Let's not you know throw a ball, you know, out of bounds. And they cut that guy and they didn't, I don't think they brought in a guy who has that skill set. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see Tom Brady in uh, the playoffs, which I, I am going to assume they will be in the playoffs because they can, they can beat up on the bad teams and the bad defenses, but the, the talented teams and the talented defenses give them a hard time and they're going to see a lot of those in the NFC playoff picture. So we'll find out. Um, all right. So we hit, uh, we hit all the, the news there. We're going to move on to the timeline and we're going to talk about something we talked about a little bit during the news. This is from Riddell FF, the fantasy football guy at Riddell FF. I feel absolutely filthy for putting Taysom Hill in at tight end on ESPN. So, Bill, I want to ask your opinion on this first, because obviously everyone was giving their opinion during the week about this. Do you think it is uh, bad form or wrong to have put in Taysom Hill as your tight end for week 11? Nope. Uh, That makes – yeah. No. I mean, that's what the setting is. I mean, it was just the same thing as Ty Montgomery – a few years ago when everybody was saying, well, he's a wide receiver, but uh, they, you know, Green Bay was playing him at running back. And so people were getting running back stats from wide receiver position. I mean, it's just right. the way it is. And look, all, all platforms do this, you know, on sleeper uh, at one point, JD McKissick was a running back and a wide receiver. I think Cordero Patterson was a running back and a wide receiver as well. There's a guy uh, on MFL that is a wide receiver running back quarterback. Oh. I believe it's MFL or it's sleeper. It's uh, I think it's sleeper. Perry uh for Miami. He Yeah. I think he was the quarterback for Navy or for one of the armed services and they drafted him as a wide receiver, but now he's like listed as three um three positions. Yeah, and and that's the thing like is, you know, for as long as you're going to play uh, fantasy, there are going, going to be players like this. And honestly, we just get more and more of them in the league every year. I mean, this was kind of the talk uh, when we were talking about LaVisca Chenault coming in. Like, hey, like he runs the ball a lot. He, he catches the ball a lot. What is he? You know, and we're going to just – I mean, obviously, I don't think we're going to have another guy like Taysom Hill who could literally be put in at any position just because of everything he does on the field. But – you know, we're going to have guys who are going to be considered multi-positional players. No, you shouldn't feel dirty. There were people who were like, you're, you know, you're wrong. It's not the spirit of the game, blah, 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 blah. Listen, if you had them and you were so inclined to play them at tight end, you should have played them at tight end. Like I would have. I'm not going to lie. I, I am not playing on ESPN this year just because uh, I had one league and then it got canceled on ESPN. That's the only reason why I'm not playing. It's not a personal stance or anything. But um, 
I would have played him. I would have put him in that tight end spot or I would have put him in that flex spot and I would have said, all right, let's go. Like I have two quarterbacks in a one quarterback league. Sorry. You know, I, I got the guy. I, you know, I either won him with fab or I was crazy enough for some reason to draft him and keep him until week 11. But that's what it is. No, you shouldn't feel dirty. I hope you won, you know, just because you, you know, it was a cheat code. It was a loophole. It was whatever you want to call it, but it was within the rules of the game. And ESPN is also now there. You can keep Taysom Hill in the tight end spot, even though they've now classified him as a quarterback, but you can't make any other moves. So if your lineup is set and, you know, you're through all your buys and you have your best team playing every week, you could possibly ride that until the end of the season. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, people, I've, I've seen people today, commissioners are asking their Taysom Hill owners to please take them out of the tight end spot. But I mean, honestly, if there's not, you know, bylaws, let's bring up bylaws again, because we, you know, we talk about the importance of bylaws. There's nothing in the bylaws or there are no bylaws, then keep them in for as long as you want. Keep them in for as long as you can and get the extra points. Now, I will say, you know, while I think Taysom Hill played an okay game, they played Atlanta, whose defense has been notorious for giving up great stats. So I'm, I'm going to say he did okay, but I'm also not going to crown him as you know the next qb1 we'll see we'll see if the defenses get tougher if he still is putting up the kind of stats that he did last week uh, so i'm kind of reserving my judgment on Taysom hill but i i think he i think he played an okay game so if you want if you want obviously at the tight end spot like travis kelsey that's the only person that's outscoring him travis kelsey so yeah i mean Honestly, like it's it's an interesting thing just to talk about Taysom Hill as like a um just more long term. Like the, he I think he looked good for his first game as a starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like he made some deep passes, you know, he gave he's actually able to make some deep passes, which Breeze really doesn't do much anymore. So it kind of changes the dynamic of the whole offense. You know, Emmanuel Sanders had a couple deep passes um and receptions and you know, it's interesting, like, you know, maybe they do really intend for him to be the guy who takes over for Breeze, you know, and I actually, I'm in a league in Trade X3, and I have Taysom Hill, and somebody offered me Michael Hardman for him, and, like, I'm almost like, you know, I'm, I'm lacking quarterbacks going into the future, and so I just said I'd rather just roll the dice and hold on to Taysom and see if he's going to end up being the starter next year. You know, I, I I actually I didn't know what to ask for because like a second's not enough for me. Right. Um, like what's a second do for me really? So like I said, I would I asked for a twenty-two first, and um, you know he didn't respond to that. But you know I I think that's kind of where I'm at value wise for him right now in a super flex, just because to get a starter, I mean that's just worth worth it. You know, I'd rather just let him sit on my bench and see what happens. Cause you got him for virtually nothing anyway. Yeah. And it, it's funny because you said Miko Hardman and I was like, I mean, I want to trade a bag of balls for Miko Hardman right now, but 
Taysom Hill's value has now gone up because we've seen one game of him and he played, he played, in my opinion, he played okay, yeah. which for a quarterback in a super flex league is fine because yeah. you don't need, you know, four studs on your team. If you have a stud or two and then an okay, you know, third guy to yep. fill in on bye weeks or for injury, you're set. You're doing well. Yeah. And as and, a transition, I would rather have him than our next topic. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my thing is, I think that if he plays well again, that price just goes up and he's going to be in first round pick territory in a trade. And even if he doesn't play well, I think he still fetches more than Miko Hardman. So, yeah, I, th- I think you played that beautifully. And Bill is the captain of the segue. <laughs> um, so uh, we got this one here. This is from Jay from FF Outpost. And he's saying, hey, he's saying, wait a second. I need to hear from the people. So I'm glad he's bringing the people in on this. This is yeah. kind of what we, what we, we try to do. on. Yeah, we try to do this on, this, on, on our show. We try to bring in the people. You know, we want the people. So this is a, uh, a 12-team Superflex Dynasty. And we're going to play a little fill-in-the-blank. I like fill-in-the-blank. So Drew Locke is blank. And here are the options. I already know what Bill is going <laughs> to pick. I already know the answer without looking at the options. I'm. I know what Bill's Drew Lack is. So I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to change this up after I read all the options. So Drew Lock is a quarterback two. Not even rosterable. Struggling, but solid. Replaced this off season. So obviously, Bill and I have our bet. Bill doesn't think he is the starter in 2021. Uh, I think he will start. So well, let's be Bill, clear. I don't think he's a starter for all. Like, I think he'll start less than half of the games next year. Okay. So um, that option is off the table for you personally, Bill. Sure. You can, you cannot pick replace this off season. Yeah. So out of the, out of the other three is drew lock a QB two. Yep. Not even rosterable or struggling, but solid. He's not struggling, but solid. He's struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say he's a QB too. Like, I mean, that's fine. I, I'm okay saying that for while he's playing. I just don't think he's a great quarterback. That's long term going to be the answer for, um, like from what I've seen. Like, I mean, he's a young kid, so he can improve. So everything I'm saying is based off of this moment and the way it looks. Like, if he if he blows up the second half of the season, then obviously I'm incorrect, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's okay, um, but from what I've seen and in his decision making and his lack of accuracy, um, you know, I, I think he's fine as a starter. He's a QB too. Like that's okay. Um, I just don't think long term he's going to be the starter for um, Denver as of this moment. All right, so I. See, here's the thing. I pick struggling but solid, but the problem is, is that like he's the, not solid. But like, what's <laughs> solid? Because if a QB two 
is better than better than solid. I I think he's struggling, but solid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, I mean, I, was, I could see where the, you would interpret it that way. I think like solid is, to me is a guy who can be a, a QB one. Like, if you're a solid okay. quarterback, you could end up being like a QB nine to fifteen range. Like okay. for me, I think that he's battling to be like the end of a QB two, like twenty to twenty four. All right. So, and I was going to follow up by saying I hate that wording because solid to me seems like okay, but solid could obviously yeah. be interpreted in a myriad of ways. For sure. So, that's the reason why I picked that. Yeah. Um, because he is struggling. Like, I think we all yeah, can. Agree yeah. Well, can we, struggling. yeah, just remove the second part. Let's just say <laughs> struggling. Um, but, but I actually, Bill, we're here for each other. Uh, we're a team, we, we do things for each other. And I actually want to bolster your point here. Um, so I, I went on MFL and I looked up uh, the uh, points per game mm. for Sir Drew Locke. Take one guess out of the top 32 quarterbacks where Drew Locke ranks on that list. He is in the top 32. Yeah, I, I was going to like. That's a good question. I, I have no idea the answer. Um, he's had a lot of junk. Is this points per game? Points per game, yes. Okay. He has a lot of junk um, junk time stats. I'm going to say 18. 18. 18. He's probably, yeah. Okay. So at 18 is Theodore Bridgewater. Oh, he's way worse than Teddy. Right. So okay, I will... Okay, 20... 27. That is Daniel Jones. Oh, well, I would rather have Daniel Jones. So Drew Locke comes in at 30. Oh, wow. So... Let, let, me, let me throw some, some of the names, points per game, that are ahead of Drew Locke. Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> and we and we have taken a mighty big dump on Dwayne Haskins. Um, we already talked about Daniel Jones, Saint Nick Foles, ahead of Drew Locke. Here's PDN. here's one for you. Here's one that'll give you a chuckle, and it's a one game sample size. Oh. Garrett Gilbert Grape. You look good. Points per game. Better than True Lock, so I, I'm I'm actually strengthening your point, and that's why I said we're here for each other. Thanks, brother. It's not, you know, and um, it still uh, still doesn't lead me to believe that they're gonna they're gonna replace them just because I think that they're going to attack other needs. I, I think that they, um, I think Drew Lock is on like. This like tw- I think twenty twenty one is going to be the year he has to prove that he's either going to be the long term option or he's going to be out of there. So, um, but yeah, I he, he's not doing well. Like, no. <laughs> let's face it. I mean, that doing- leash is going to be so short next year. Like, I mean, that's that's no. that's where my brain's at at least. Yeah. Uh so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. We still have to come up with some terms for that bet, but yeah, we uh. So there you go. And actually bringing, bringing replace this offseason back on the table, a QB2 
is leading right now at 33%, but replaced this offseason is second with 31%. So people people have some very diverging thoughts on well, and those aren't mutually exclusive. Those aren't mutually exclusive, right? Like, I mean, he is a QB two. Well, he's not. He's QB three. He's not a QB two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, disregard. Yeah. So, um, so it's going to be interesting for sure because uh, obviously Bill and I see some different things, and obviously the people voting in this poll are seeing some different things as well. So, uh, so this last one we got here is from our friend of the show, John Bauer at the Bauer Club. They discussed this last night on uh, on their episode of Dynasty Theory. Uh, they're at Dynasty Theory FF. By the way, if you're not listening to them for some reason, man, do do yourself right and listen to that. Uh, John Bauer, Mitch, Coach Dan, do all three of those guys are so smart about this game. They're so good at the podcasting thing. They just they do it all really well. It's entertaining. It's fun. It's informative. If you're listening to us, please go download their pod, uh, subscribe because they are doing it right. Um, but let's get to the question here. They discussed this on their episode last night. Uh, they they're interested to see how people feel. And I asked uh, JB before if we could use this. He said, "Man, you never have to ask me." But uh, I have too much respect for JB to not ask before using one of his tweets. So. Um, if you're a contender in a 12-team Superflex League, who do you prefer? So Joe Burrow and and Jared Goff, two guys we talked about in the news portion. So are you going with Burrow or are you going with Goff? Who's your guy? I mean, if I'm a contender, it doesn't matter. I'm going with Joe Burrow. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. I just I'm, – I'm, I'm – Burrow guy like I I really like Burrow like he's just he was my top guy coming into the season he hasn't done anything to you know counteract that he still looks elite um I mean I think he is a a top 10 quarterback right now I'm okay weathering the storm with him um I typically the way I play I'm gonna have three or four quarterbacks on my roster so I don't have to worry about making a move for Goff um, and I would much rather make a move for an aging quarterback that's on a losing, like a team that's not contending. Like I would make a move for maybe Rivers or make a ro- move for Breeze from like a team who's not, you know, in the playoff contention rather than trying to make a move of Burrow for um, Goff. Like I don't mind Goff, but I just don't like the price. And I would rather, I would much rather have Burrow on my roster. And to be honest with you, I'm not moving Burrow regardless of my situation in any of my leagues um, unless I am just built to to be a true champion and I need a second quarterback. Yeah. See, uh, Bill, this is why it's good that there's two guys on this pod uh, because we're talking about Burrow and Goff and we're talking about a contender, man. Like, we got to remember this. We're talking about a contender which is why I need to tell you why it needs to be Joe Burrow, man. I'm with, I'm with you on the set, man, uh, dude. He's just, he's shown you uh, for the first 11 weeks of this season, why he deserved to be the number one pick, why he was, you know, the best quarterback in college football, 
in 2019, why he led LSU to a national championship. And now that team is, you know, that team is on the struggle bus uh, this year in 2020. Uh, he's proven it all. So, yes, I'm going with I'm going with Joe Burrow. He's I'm not I'm not trading him unless somebody comes with the offer I can't refuse. I mean, you're going to give me some random first. No, thank you. I don't want that. You're giving me Jared Goff. No, thank you. I don't want that either. Like I we've seen we've seen 11 weeks of Joe Burrow and that dude we know is going to be great as long as he recovers from this injury well and just bringing up points per game since I have it up already Joe Burrow is 21st Jared Goff is 19th so we're not talking about and this is we're talking about 11 weeks of Joe Burrow versus a Jared Goff that has been in the league for multiple years so we're seeing probably the best we're gonna see from Jared Goff with with I mean a genius of an offensive coach. We're seeing probably the best we're seeing of Jared Goff. We have Joe Burrow, who's only has eleven weeks of experience with a coach that, let's face it, we don't know we don't know what he is really, but a lot of people aren't, you know, proclaiming him to be the next offensive mastermind. So, I mean, he he could get upgraded in a year or two with, like, yeah, maybe Joe Brady, you know, maybe the uh, enemy yeah. uh, from Kansas City. Like, there's there's a lot of options, and that job is going to become more attractive now because Joe Burrow is behind center. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. It's Joe Burrow. I'm not giving. I don't have him anywhere. Uh, unfortunately, but if I did, it would take a haul to get him off of me because I think that dude is the real deal. I think he's uh, he's going to be very good for a very long time. Uh, you know, as long as everything goes well with his uh, with his recovery from this uh, major knee injury. So, Bill, that's it, man. We did it. We uh, made it through another episode. Had a lot of fun, man. I love talking with you. Uh, you're my dude. The chat was going off. Lindsey Kennedy, Larry Monkey, people were so many people were in and out. It was crazy. Uh, appreciate you guys in the chat. You guys make it so much fun. Uh, a lot of jokes today with uh, Clinton Dix and Godwin or God. You know that that was fun. <laughs> Such a child. That that uh that just makes us laugh, and it makes it more fun too because it doesn't always need to be fantasy football and and knowledge. You know, it can be fun too. It's that's what we want, man. We want to have fun. We want to, you know, laugh and joke with each other and, and, you know, debate and do all that stuff. So it's fun. Um, you know, if you're watching this on, on YouTube or on Periscope, you know, remember to hit the bell, subscribe. Um, you know, it's going to let you know when we go live and we have other things going on, man. The DAP network is flying high they're doing well and we're going to have a whole bunch of other things coming on that channel. So, um, make sure you're, you're subscribed. So, you know, when all that goes live, uh, if you're listening to us on podcast, thank you very much, man. It's, it's awesome. Uh, we, uh, we appreciate that so much. Subscribe, rate, review, 
Uh, it helps get us out there. We read the comments when we get them. It, we appreciate that as well. So, Bill, I think on that note, I think we're getting out of here. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful, thankful for you, Josh. Late. Oh, man, you know, you know what, man? I know you hit the late on me, but you can't, you can't say you're thankful for me and just, you know, run out the back door. I appreciate you too, man. You are the, uh, you're the glue that holds this operation together. You're the, uh, you're the brains to my very loud mouth. And I appreciate that, man. Um, I honestly could not have found anyone better to do this show with. So, uh, as thankful as you are for me, I am also, uh, that much more thankful for you. So, uh, on that note, he already said late, so we are getting out of... Oh, no, no, no. Late. Oh! <laughs>